Well, Happy New Year's, everybody. Quick show of hands. Anybody stay up till midnight last night? And you're still, wow! That is a lot, sorry, that was a big wow for me. I was not expecting that. Holy moly. The people who come to church on Sunday, I would think are the ones who didn't stay up last night. I was not one of them. That was a lot of hands. That's, well, we have a special treat just for you guys this morning. If you stayed up till midnight, free coffee in the lobby. Uh, it's yours. Have at it. So, all right. So, yeah. So, like I said, next week we're going to be getting into this Christianity in American culture series. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Hope you can join us for that. But today, today we're kicking off the year in Mark, specifically Mark chapter 6. And uh, in the last part of, of Mark 6, we're told the story of Jesus feeding 5,000 people. It's a story that maybe some of you have heard before. Um, maybe some of you haven't, but it's a story that I grew up hearing oftentimes, and, and, uh, and I've read it a lot of times, but recently I was reading through it, and it made me laugh out loud. As many times as I've read it, it just made me chortle a hearty guffaw. It was great. Um, so, uh, but, so we're just going to get into it, um, uh, but before we get to the story, I'm just going to give you a little uh, background here to get some familiarity. So uh, in understanding where this story starts, Jesus has sent out his disciples in pairs to the towns nearby to go and to preach repentance, which is just a change of direction. When we say repentance, it's a change of direction for people's lives. Uh, and they're just, the disciples are just returning back to Jesus and telling him about their experiences when we start reading in Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, uh, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he, Jesus, said to his uh, disciples, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place, and we'll get some rest. So they went by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of him. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Now, I just want to stop for a second here. He had compassion on them. He was leaving to take a rest. <laughs> and when he got there, he wasn't going to get it. But his reaction was compassion. And not only that, they needed a leader, right? And so his compassion led him to teach. It didn't lead him to start healing their sicknesses, though he did that at times. His compassion didn't lead him to go around hugging everybody, right? Though he did that too at times. His compassion led him to teach, which I thought was fascinating. Verse 35. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them. You give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half a year's wages. Are we going to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Now, I love this part. This is what made me laugh out loud when I was reading this, right? So the disciples, they look at this huge crowd gathering, and maybe there's some excitement, some buzz in the air. And all of a sudden, they're like, uh-oh. They look at their watches. They look at the sun starting to go down. They're like, Jesus, um, 
there's a lot of people here. They don't have any food. It's getting late. The traffic on 113 is awful this time of night. Why don't we call it a day and let them go get some food? And I can just picture Jesus looking at them and looking at the crowd and going, you give them something to eat. You brought it up. You think it's so important. You do it. <laughs> can you imagine how the disciples felt? Right now, Jesus had his reasons for doing this, and, and, and we'll get to those in a minute, but part of me wonders if he did it just to see the looks on their faces, you know? Just like, it, they must, it must have been hilarious. Like he said, you give him something, and then he must have just laughed for like 10 minutes. So the disciples start going into like how there's no way they can possibly do this. Jesus, do you see all these people? We didn't prepare for this. And Jesus goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Verse 38. He said verse 38. I'm kidding. But in verse 38, he says, how, how many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. Okay. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Right. Now, we find out later that there were more than 5,000 people there. That number was probably uh, just counting the men, too. So including women and children, there were probably a few thousand more. So while the disciples maybe didn't know that it was exactly like 5,000-ish people, they definitely knew that five loaves and two fish were not making past the first row. Right? Verse 39, then Jesus directed them to have uh, all to have a, Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. The green grass. Isn't that an interesting detail? Why would you say that? So it's, it's an interesting detail. It's one that we can gloss over really quickly, but it serves a couple of purposes here. Uh, it shows that this was actually more, most likely written by an eyewitness account to be able to say, yeah, it was green grass. I saw it. It was, it was there. It also sets a scene. Okay, so it says that they were in a remote place. Now, most scholars, as they look at this, they say it's more like a desert, right? A remote place would mean a desert-like area. Um, but green grass is typically softer. It has more water. It's cared for either by people or by God naturally. The people, even in a remote place like a desert, were in a place of care and provision by God. And the stage is set for an even more miraculous provision. Verse 40. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to all the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. So Jesus miraculously feeds Thousands of people with five loaves of bread and two fish. But what's awesome to me this morning and what God has been putting on my heart with this passage is this setup to this miracle. See, Jesus looks at his followers. He looks out at all the people who need food and he says, you do it. What? Why would he do that? Right? The disciples were flabbergasted at this instruction. But to their credit, what do they do? They go and find out what they've got to work with. Right? And it's piddly. It's laughable. 
right? They must have been embarrassed to even bring it to Jesus, knowing how ridiculous it was. You know, here are all these people, and this is what they're bringing to the table? Anyone else would have laughed them out of the group. Uh, when I was talking with Andrea about this passage at one point, she goes, okay, pastor, then why would he ask that of them? And that's a hard question. It's a good question. But we both kind of arrived at the same answer. I think it's because Jesus wanted his disciples to be aware of their lack. Now that might sound mean, right? To make someone aware of just how little they have. <laughs> but listen, if, if, Jesus, if, if the disciples told Jesus, hey, there's a ton of people here and they need food. And then Jesus goes, poof, and food comes out of thin air and feeds everyone. That would have been amazing. Right? The, the, the disciples would have been in awe. The crowd would have been in awe. The applause would have gone on forever. Twitter would have blown up for days. It would have been big. Right? But by asking them to do it first, they become acutely aware of how little control they have over the situation. How little they can provide or bring to the table. And then being now freshly aware of that... Jesus takes their offering and multiplies it. And the miracle means all the more now. Second thing that we should see here feeds off of what we just said. Jesus took what they brought and used it. They had very little to offer. In fact, it wasn't enough. Right? Plain and simple, it was not enough to do what they were commanded to do. It wasn't enough. But they brought it anyway. And did Jesus laugh at it? Right? Toss it aside and said, you're bringing that? Let me show you how it's really done. Right? And then he like starts with fresh and something better and shinier and bigger and plentiful. Right? No. He used their gift. He used their not enough and made it enough. Listen, church, there are so many times and situations where I know that what I have to offer is just not enough. As a pastor, as a father, as a husband, as a teacher, what I have is not enough to do. What I have been called to do. Is that cruel? No. As long as it drives me to see my lack and bring it to the feet of Jesus who can use it for his glory. It needs to drive me to dependence on Jesus. You may not feel like you have a lot to offer God or his church. You may not feel like you have much to offer your spouse, your children, your boss, your neighbors, your classmates, your teachers. And you know what? You don't. I don't. I've heard it said that the moment you feel qualified to be a pastor, you probably shouldn't be anymore. <laughs> I don't have enough. None of us do when it comes to the callings in our lives. But with Jesus, we don't have to worry about that. And we don't have to be ashamed to bring our lack. 
Right? We don't have to be embarrassed. We bring it to him knowing that he is the miracle worker. We don't have to be. Okay, I know a lot of you were up late last night, so I'm going to say that again. We bring it to him knowing that he is the miracle worker. We don't have to be. And Jesus makes our lack enough. And this isn't to say that we haven't been gifted in certain ways. Right? We might be a, a boss at our job or a community organizer or a, a parent, and we might be good at those things. Right? God has gifted us in these ways. So this is not to say that we, don't have, we have no competencies. Right? God gives good gifts. But where are you aware of your lack? What are you called to these days? What can you bring to God and say, God, I just don't have what it takes to do what you've called me to do. But here's what I've got. Use it for your glory and to accomplish what you have for me. Uh, in closing, I want to talk to two groups of people. First, some of us this morning are acutely aware of our lack. We don't have to be told. We really know how little we have to offer. We feel like we've got nothing to offer God, to the church, to our families, to other people. But when we give it to God anyway, he can use it. He can fill in the spaces. You may not have a lot to offer. Join the club. But he can use your lack in ways you never could have imagined. The second group of people are those who may have been in church for a long time, right? Maybe you have a good bit of knowledge, right? All that kind of thing. Maybe we need to be, become more aware of just how little our offering is. Right? Maybe we've been in church all our lives. We've been tithing. We've been serving and stuff. But we need to realize how little that offering actually is. Maybe we really need to be aware of just how much we need to rely on the power of God to have any impact whatsoever. It needs to drive us to dependence. And look, whoever brought those loaves and fishes that the disciples found, they came prepared right, for a long day. They had knowledge. They, they, they had foresight. They were prepared for a long day away from home. When the disciples asked them for their provisions, they could have said, no, these are for us. But they were really there for the blessing of others. If you have been walking for God, with God for a while, yes, you may have loaves and fishes enough to feed you. And you can eat them and you can be nourished. But God wants you to use what you have been given and how you've grown for the feeding of others. It can and must go further. You better believe that the people who brought the loaves and fishes in the first place, they didn't leave there saying, we fed 5,000 people. Right? No. They left there saying, Jesus fed 5,000 people. They were giving glory to Jesus. It wasn't theirs anymore. It was all for him. All glory, all fame, all honor goes to Jesus.
Jesus fed more than 5,000 people with something that wouldn't even feed my family of five. It's a, it was a huge task accompli accomplished with so little through the incredible power of Jesus. Where is your lack? What can you bring to God? And when we recognize it, whether you've seen your lack all too often, or you're just coming to a fresh realization of your lack, we need to offer it. It needs to be given to God. It's not ours anymore. It becomes God's to bless others. And He can make our lack enough. He can make our lack enough.